Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. And I uh, hope you've got your copy of God's Word. Now, let me tell you, since uh, we're running to the weekend now, next week, um, I want to tell you, Trey is going to be leading the devotionals next week. I've got some study that I've got to do that I've got to give some attention to and uh, some additional work uh, toward the end of the week that I've got to do. He's going to be sharing five pitfalls, problems, and painful realities that every Christian faces. I believe they're going to be out of the life of David. Uh, so Monday through Friday, next week, Trey's the return of Trey. So uh, you be ready for that, and uh, he'll be a blessing to you. I can promise you that. You'll get a, you, you think you drink out of a fire hydrant with me. Uh, he moves on at a pretty good clip. So uh, you be faithful to turn in. And let me thank everyone because on Monday I ask everybody if you would simply uh, do whatever you do uh, on Facebook. You share it, uh, you retweet it, whatever you do. It, for doing that, because we have seen an unbelievable rise in the number of people watching, new people who have contacted us, um, all of these shares. So the Lord obviously is using this in some kind of way, which is hard for me to believe that the Lord can use me, but he'll use any of us. If he uses me, I can promise you this, he'll use you. Now, let me take you to Psalm 33 today. Good Psalm to end the week up on. Uh, Psalm 33, the beatitude of a believing nation. It's out of this psalm that you get this blessing. Uh, it's in verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Now, I think the psalmist is referring to Israel. Uh, but there is a principle that is applicable to any nation that will honor God, that will reverence God. Um, there is a great debate that rose up really under the last presidency on whether or not America is a Christian nation. Uh, the president said that the America is not a Christian nation which took a lot of us by shock because we thought it was a Christian nation, or at least uh, in the founding of it was a Christian nation. But I suppose uh, a, a Harvard education uh, knows better um, than what the founding fathers evidently knew. If they had only had the benefit of the law school of Harvard today back then, they would have been brilliant men, wouldn't they? Well, let me get off of my um, soapbox there. And let me just take you back. 1607, I think it was the Arabella. I'm not sure, but I think it was the Arabella that landed at Cape Henry, the northern part of what you know today as Virginia Beach, before they sailed up the James River and founded the Jamestown Colony. Do you know what they did? They disembarked. They erected a cross. They got on their knees and they had the first prayer meeting on the shores of America. But this is not a Christian nation. 1620, before the pilgrims disembarked from the Mayflower, 
they'd put together a governing document called the Mayflower Compact. Many people think that they came to America for the freedom of worship, and part of that is true. They did. Uh, the king, the government of England would not allow the separatist, uh, the nonconformist, um, the church there, which was a government church, would not allow them to worship in their buildings, in their church. That's why they took to the fields. That's why they went out and preached outside in the cemeteries. Before they disembarked the Mayflower, they put together a governing document entitled the Mayflower Compact, which stated that they came to America for the propagation of the gospel. That doesn't mean the freedom of worship. What it means is we are here to take the gospel to the new world. They came as missionaries is what they came for. Well, blessed is the nation, as the psalmist says, whose God is the Lord. Proverbs 29.2 says, when a wicked man rules, people groan. Washington, D.C., today. See America 2020. Proverbs 28.12, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. That word hide means literally uh, they are searched for. Uh, we talk often about how today Good men, good women don't really run for office. They're hard to find. They run away from it. Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalts a nation, uh, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The Word of God has a lot to say about the leadership of a nation and the heart of a nation. Well, let me take you now to Psalm 33. And it begins in an interesting way. Now, let me. This is a declarative uh, praise psalm. It's declaring the praise of God, and it begins in the first three verses uh, with praise. The last three verses ends uh, ref referring to referencing the faith of the people. So the first three verses now deal with praise. The last three verses deal with the faith or the faithfulness of the people. It's going to book in the 16 verses in between. Uh, this is a rich, rich psalm. I really need about 45 minutes here, but I don't have it. But it is a rich psalm. Uh, there are a number of ways to divide up these middle 16 verses um, I'm going to show you the way that I've done it. So let's begin, first of all, with a call to praise. Uh, this psalm basically tells us that God is the God of history. He's the God of nations, all the nations. He's the God of all mankind. God is the God of history. Therefore, he oversees the nations and he sees all of mankind. It begins with a call to praise. That's the first thing. There are six words in these first three verses that describe praise. Now, if you've got a copy of God's word, you can just underline this like I have here. Uh, just look at the first three verses. Shout for joy, verse, uh, and then praise. That's the first two. Verse two, give thanks, Make medley. 
Verse 3, sing to him, play skillfully. Now let's go back. There's six words there that describe this declarative uh, act of giving praise to God. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. That is, it, it is right for us to praise God. Uh, now listen, I'm 62, I'm older, I don't like things too loud, but I want to tell you something. All through this, it talks about being loud in our praise for God. Shout, literally, it means a shout. It would be the shout of the priest there in the temple complex as they were worshiping God. Shout for joy. Look at this, in the Lord. Now go to verse two. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of 10 strings. The lyre, the harp, stringed instruments. Give thanks to the Lord. One of the great sacrifices uh, happened to be the, thank, the Thanksgiving sacrifice. Verse three, sing to him a new song. Now, a new song doesn't necessarily mean a new composition. I kind of think it was a Hebraism. Uh, I think it was kind of a way to say that we are to praise and rejoice in the presence of God, for the presence of God. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. So musical instruments, I don't, I don't think anything ministers to me when I, go to, when I go to worship on Sundays like an orchestra. I love to hear the choir sing. I love to hear the people sing. Sometimes I'll just stand there and I'll just get lost in it. But I want to tell you something. When you've got an orchestra that is there, I absolutely love to hear uh, musicians play. I love to hear the violins, the French horn, the clarinet, uh, the bassoon, uh, all of the, the cello, uh, all of these instruments I love to hear uh, play. That's what he's saying right here. It's a begin for a call to, as a call to praise. Now look at this. Beginning in verse 4 through um, verse 19, you've got the cause. Why do we give praise to God? Well, he's going to lay that out. Now, I'm going to break this down, so you're going to need a copy of God's Word to watch this. Because verse 4 and verse 5 are almost headings for what's going to come after this. When I say verse 4a, I mean the first part of verse 4. When I say verse 4b, it's the second part. The same thing with verse 5, 5a and 5b. There are four parts to that that I've just given you. Two parts to verse 4, two parts to verse 5, and they outline the rest that is to come. It's kind of like setting you up for what is to come. So verse 4a, for the word of the Lord is upright. He will explain that in verses 6 through 9. Verse 4b, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He will explain that in verses 10 through 12. Now, if you can see in my Psalter here, what I've done is out to the side of verse 4a, I've put verses 6 through 9. Verse 4b, I have put verses 10 through 12. 
Did y'all get that? Good. Okay. Verse five, he loves righteousness and justice. Uh, that's 5a. That's verses 13 through 15. Verse 5b, the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Verse 16 through 19. You say, why does he do this? Well, the Hebrews would understand it. Um, it's a way they wrote. Uh, he, he just kind of breaks it out. He lays it out. Uh, he's given you kind of his sub points here. And then he's going to get to um, those points below each of the sub points. So let me go to verse six and let me explain to you. Verse six now is introduced by 4a. For the Lord, for the word of the Lord is upright. Now listen to verse six. This is God's word is clear. The clarity, the directness, God's word is direct. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. And he gathers the water of the sea as a heap. And he puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. That's the natural response. You look around at creation and you just respond um, by the fear of the Lord, the awe, the honor of God. Let all the inhabitants of the earth stand in awe of him. For he spoke, boom, by fiat, it came into being. He commanded and boom, it stood firm. Now you want to underline stood firm. We're going to come to that expression again in just a, just a moment. That is, God's word is, is clear. God's word is direct. God spoke. All of this deals with creation. And creation, ex nihilo, out of nothing, by fiat, by the word, the command of God, everything came into existence. Why do we praise him? Because of his word. His word tells us that. Now, look at 4b. And all his work is done in faithfulness. That starts in verse 10, 10, 11, and 12. That's God's work is dependable. His word is direct. His work is dependable. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. That is all the count, all of the, the G20 or the G19 or whatever it is. When they all get together, the heads of China, Russia, America, Europe, all, you know, Germany, France, England, all of these countries get together with their counsel. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. I want to tell you something. I've said this before. You have watched a microscopic, imperceivable virus bring this world to a complete stop. You thought it was going to be aircraft carriers or uh, M1 uh, Abram tanks, A1 Abram tanks. You thought it was going to be B-52s or B-1 bombers or stealth fighters. No, something uh, so small, it's imperceivable. Verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. Now, did you see that? Because back in verse 9, it says he commanded all of creation and it stood firm. Now the counsel of the Lord stands firm. His creation stands, his counsel stands. None of it can be shaken. None of it can be thwarted. None of it can be brushed aside. 
Whereas God brings uh, the council of nations to nothing and frustrates their plans, the counsels of the Lord stand forever. The plans of his heart go to all generations. Verse 12, blessed. Now here is the beatitude. Blessed is the nation who has enough sense to reverence God as Lord. The people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Now, there you have uh, the word, God's word direct, God's work dependable. Now you come to verse 5a. Verse 5a says he loves righteousness and justice. You're going to come to the evaluation of mankind or God's justice. Now look at this beginning in verse 13. And watch this because you're going to have four words here that speak of how God sees or God looks. The Lord looks down from heaven. There's one. He sees all the children of man. There's two. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out. That word means watches. On all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. There's the fourth one looks, sees, looks out, which is watches, observes, which is investigation. He investigates all their deeds. He observes it. I'm preaching through Job right now, and I, I hope you're planning. I hope you need to make plans already with your family and say, we're settling on Friday what we're doing on Sunday, and that is it's Sunday at 9.15. We're going to tune in to the live broadcast, the live stream from Valleydale. I'm going to be in uh, Job uh, chapter 6 and possibly into 7 on how we expect uh, friends to respond to us. What we expect out of friendship, that's what we'll be looking at Sunday morning. But you should decide right now. This is set aside for worship. We're sitting down with a copy of God's Word as a family, and we're, we're watching the live stream. Uh, we'll be open for Vespers on the 31st. The 31st is Pentecost. And we're going to come together and pray for the church and rejoice over the church uh, on the birthday of the church. That Sunday evening at 6.30. And then on June the 7th, that Sunday morning, um, day after D-Day, D-Day for the church, we're opening back up. And we have repainted the whole church, recarpeted the church. Everything is new. Everything is going to be fresh. Everything's going to be great. We will have it all fogged up and sprayed down. A lot of times people say that when I get in the pulpit, there's a fog. Um, what were we doing? Oh, let me go back to this. Those four words right there. God evaluates. Do you see this? The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of men. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. That's what I was saying. Eliphaz said to Job, you know what? God doesn't even pay you any attention because of the sin in your life. Listen to what the word of God, that was not true. Listen to what the word of God says. He observes all their deeds. Investigation. That's the evaluate. That's God's justice right there. Now 5B. Listen to what 5B says because it introduces the next section. 
5b says the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Now he'll explain that. He comes now in verse 16, the king is not saved by his great army. It is not the United States army that saves America. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. He says all of our armament cannot save us. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. God watches. Those who fear him. You reverence God. You honor God. You love God. He watches over you on those who hope in his steadfast love. See, 5b introduced this. What does save us? The steadfast love of God that he may, and he's going to give you two infinitives here, that he may deliver, number one, their soul from death and keep them, that's number two, alive in famine. What delivers you from death and what keeps you alive who delivers the nation and who keeps the nation alive? It is the Lord and his demonstration of his loyal love. Now, there you have the main body of this Beatitude song. Now you come to the conclusion, part three, verse 20, 21, and 22. Uh, the people demonstrate their faith now. We have a faith. Our soul waits for the Lord. Now, I've shared with you before, anytime you see wait in the Old Testament, you can put equals hope. Our soul hopes for the Lord, waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. That is why um, we wait on God because God provides what we can't. He is our help, that is victory. He is our shield, that is protection. For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. There is a remnant left in America that really does trust that God is God and He is Lord and He holds all of this in His hands. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. You keep hoping in the Lord and trusting in Him. All this weekend now, you worship. And remember, Monday starts uh, with Trey in for Mornings with Mac. God bless you.